Welcome to the Business of Fears podcast. This is the place where we help entrepreneurs turn their business income into passive income. I'm your host, Brian Beers, an entrepreneur on a mission to inspire growth from everyone around me. I'm going to show you how to create generational wealth by growing your business and breaking the chains of Wall Street investing. Remember, you need to take the actions others won't to live the life that others don't. This week, I've got a great show with Tracy Bissett. Tracy is a financial coach, business owner, podcast host, and a speaker. She specializes in helping small business owners on how to better understand their finances and develop a game plan to improve their profitability. In this episode, Tracy shares the four key metrics that every business owner should be looking at when it comes to financial health. We also have a great discussion around money insecurities, money mindset, and this causes a lot of entrepreneurs to underprice their products, leaving money and profit on the table. Tracy provides a number of tips of how someone can move themselves from a scarcity money mindset to an abundance money mindset. I think you really enjoy the show. And if you do, please share it with your friends, rate and review with your favorite part to allow us to reach more people. Hey, well, welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Brian. Awesome. So, so to start, could you give us an idea of your kind of your business career journey from I don't know 18 years old or so until kind of where you're at now to kind of give the listeners uh, an overview of of um, your career? Absolutely. So I um, went out of high school, went to business school, studied um, bachelor of commerce, went on to do my MBA, and uh, I always thought I would would work for a company for a few years and maybe start my own business. I was really entrepreneurial as a kid and as a teenager. Uh, so I started with TD Bank, which is one of Canada's big five banks. It's also on the Eastern Seaboard across the U.S. Um, and fast forward, uh, 16 years went by, and I worked in the areas of commercial lending and risk management. So really helped business owners get access to the financing that they needed. And I made a lot of those lending decisions around who was going to have financing, who wasn't, and really covered all kinds of industries, uh, adjudicated deals all across Canada as well as some for the US. And so it gave me a really good seat in terms of seeing what business owners were facing, um, everything kind of going on across the different industries. And then as does sometimes happen in uh, big corporate, there was a restructuring. And so as does often happen in corporations, uh, my seat was taken away from the table in a restructuring. And so I packaged up all of the things I like to do to make a business visit financial fitness instead of jumping back into another big financial institution. And so I loved working with business owners throughout my time at the bank. So I do a lot of one-on-one and group coaching for business owners. Um, usually sales are under $2 million to help them really understand their financial results, their cash flow situation, and how to leverage those numbers to drive their business. The mission of the company is really to spread uh, positivity around financial fitness, or or you may call it uh, financial literacy. So it takes some of that stigma away from it and allows people to um, to learn without fear and and kind of shame and embarrassment. Um, So I do work with business owners. As I said, I also um, have a podcast for young adults. So 18 to 30-ish, the Young Money podcast, uh, all geared around how do we increase our earnings power and really live the life we want to on on a financial scale. Okay. All right. Great. So your, your business today is then primarily one-on-one coaching uh, with the small business owners? Um, yeah. One-on-one and group as well. And group. So, okay. Um, so it depends and, where people are in their journey. Okay. And then what is that... Um, who's your typical client? You said under 2 million. Is there specific industries or product services? So what's, what's a typical client look like? 
So under 2 million in sales, um, I'd love to say people come to work with me because they want to just be more knowledgeable about their finances, but they've usually hit a tipping point where they realize if I don't do things a little bit differently, my business might not be around. And so they could have been in business for one year. They could have been in business for 20 years. It's across all different industries, um, service and product-based and um that we we learn the same core elements that when I'm working with everyone, but the way I go about it really depends on the person's personality. And so majority is done in a one-on-one coaching um, way, and then there's also a, a group program as well. Okay, and, and what does that um, what does it what does it look like? What is what does the criteria look like uh, in in terms of that? Let's start with the one-on-one coaching. Where, where do you start with somebody, and then you know what's your goal of of how does it has evolve? Absolutely. So the very first thing we do is I do a financial assessment of their results. And so I'm coming at it from the purely analytical. How do you stack up year over year in your own business? How do you stack up to industry benchmarks? And it's a really interesting thing for the business owners because then they get to marry up their story of what they lived with what I'm seeing in the numbers and how it's coming across um, to someone else who doesn't know what's going on. Uh, from there, we really deep dive into their cash flow. So every industry has a different cash flow cycle, and it's key for business owners to understand theirs and how they fit in their industry and how their business works um, so that they can plan for everything that they need to do in, in their business. And so we actually create through uh, coaching a cash flow forecast. We create a dashboard with key performance indicators and really customize it to marry up what they need to be concerned about from a financial perspective and then do a deep dive on their costing and their pricing. Uh, I would say of the business owners I work with, 85% are not pricing profitably, which usually leads to problems and they're not getting those steady paychecks in their business, which is um, usually the the reason they went into business. And so to have that dream not accomplished is usually pretty frustrating for them. And all the way through, I'm passing along recommendations as I see things. So it's uh, really fun and and no two clients are the same. Yeah. So what do you... um... What are some of the, the benchmarks or, or some of the financial metrics you're, you're looking at? Like, what are the most important ones that are maybe going to come into the, the KPIs and the dashboards, or you know, maybe they're industry specific? But what are you what are you looking at? What are the key ones? Um, some of the key categories we'd look at liquidity. Do you have enough cash to pay your bills? And so we'd be looking at things like a current ratio or working capital test. And so the benchmark is absolutely different depending on the industry, but it really just comes down to, do you have enough assets? So receivables, inventory that you could convert into cash to pay your bills. Uh, We're also looking at leverage. So how much debt is funding this business versus equity? And how would someone objectively look at it? So you would know if you were going to apply for financing, what is someone already going to think about that? And do you have the ability to pay it back in terms of serviceability? Um, so those are two key ones we, we start to get into as well, depending on how big their team is. We look at uh, revenue or profitability by number of employees. That can be kind of a guidepost for when people start adding more employees or when things are, are starting to trend differently than they want to see. And uh, for all those who have uh, a little bit longer sales cycles out there, I like to look at what's in their pipeline and what their conversion ratio is and, and get them focused on those activities as well. Because uh, those those calls, those reach outs, those all lead, they're planting the seeds for those future revenues to come in. So we want to have a combination of some lagging indicators, things we look at in the rear view mirror mm-hmm. and some things we can look at in the forward mirror. Okay. And then what... Um... Where do you find the biggest opportunities are? Like, so when, when people come to you, what do you, what do you see? Like, you said pricing's a, an issue. I think that's a huge issue with everyone is, you know, we, we underprice <laughs> ourselves because, like, we know what it kind of costs. We know what, 
um, you know, the amount of work it takes or whatever, but we don't, you know, we're not taking the value into consideration, right? Of, of what, what is that service truly worth and how are we saving people money or, you know, creating, you know, an opportunity for them. So yeah, I get, I get pricing. Maybe you can dive a little bit more into your thoughts of why people underprice and how to fix it. But to start, what in, in terms of the other things, liquidity, leverage, revenue per employee, where, where are people suffering the most that like they, they really should be looking at today? It's really cash flow and, and they're not understanding necessarily their cycle as it comes to the cash coming in and going out. So the simplest way I can explain it, cash comes in, it goes out and that timing that it happens is really the magic. And so imagine if we're an event planning business, if I want someone to work with me, I'm going to get the deposit up front. I'm going to get the rest of the money before I actually do the event. If I'm in a service-based business and I'm working with a corporate, I probably have to work for a two weeks to four weeks, then I send them an invoice and they might pay me in 60 days past that time. And so understanding how that cash is going to move around and how that then lines up with your bills is really important. Employees aren't going to work for you if you can't pay them on time. Creditors aren't going to wait for you to pay them. Um, so having access to credit is another thing that's very important. Mm -hmm. And I find that too often business owners wait until they absolutely need it to go and start the ball, ball rolling and start the clock on their credit history. Um, so I encourage anyone when you're starting your business to actually go and secure credit immediately. So whether it's a small overdraft or line of credit, to get a credit card in the name of the business. And it's going to be um, based on your personal credit score at that point because your business is just getting going. But start the clock so that the credit history can start to accumulate. And then as your business grows, you should be able to grow your credit at the same time. Yep. Yeah, I've heard... You know, a quote like the worst time to get a loan is like when you really need it. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, you rather prepare for it. Yeah. Get a line of credit on the business or home equity line mm -hmm. or, you know, what, whatever it is to, to have the access to the capital, like you said, to, to, to have the, the cash crunch. So I think that's a, a failure of a lot of businesses is just not having the, enough cash. So. Yeah. And I, I certainly was working at the bank during the 2008 financial crisis. I've seen lots of entrepreneurs go through the pandemic. Those who have access to credit and have cash reserves are certainly in a lot better position and they're able to navigate really uncertain situations. Um, you had mentioned around pricing, kind of people know, but they don't charge enough. So when people are doing the numbers in their head, they're usually forgetting some of their costs especially in a service-based business where the owner might be delivering a lot of the service. Mm. I highly encourage those uh, business owners to actually think about if I had to pay someone else, a third party to do this work, how much would I have to pay them? So stop thinking that you've got 24 hours a day to do all this stuff and that it's just your time. This is a real true cost of the business. And so by thinking about it and putting that discipline in right from the, the beginning is going to be really key. And the other thing that comes up is all our emotional baggage around money. So our views around money form when we're kids. We're five to seven years of age. So every time we open our mouth to tell someone how much our services cost or our products, um, that brings up insecurities. And so it's it's knowing that you, you've got value. It's knowing what other people are charging, um, not so that you can charge the same, but with respect to how much value you're providing, what's going to be your price point, and certainly reaching out to target the right people, the people with the money who see the value, and so you're not wasting your time um, trying to convince people who, who aren't going to pay what you're charging. How can someone identify if they have insecurities over money? Um, so very first thing you can do is start observing your reaction to things. So a new bill pops into your inbox. How do you feel? Do you get a little pain in your stomach? Because, oh gosh, how am I going to pay that? Um, 
Do you start looking at what other people are doing when you're on social media? How are they affording that? Oh, I wish I could go on that trip. There's all these kinds of things. If we started taking stock of and noticing, we would start to learn our, our money story. And the bulk of the population out there it comes from a scarcity mindset where there's never enough. So if you're doing well, Brian, I must not be. Uh, if you you land some big clients, that's somehow impacting me and my ability to, to secure big clients. And so a couple of ways we can move to thinking more abundantly. Uh, first is really to practice gratitude. So I woke up this morning, I was able to have a shower, I had breakfast, I could take a walk because my body allowed me to do that. And when we focus on the positive, it's pretty hard to be focusing on the negative. Um, two, you've probably heard we're the product of the, the five people we spend the most time mm -hmm. with. Yep. And so if we're spending time with people who are very stressed about money, who are seeing the negative, who think there's never enough, that we're going to be thinking like that. And so if we can spend some time with the positive people, I don't mean uh, positive kind of in um, fantasy land, but positive with let's get some things going and let's make plans and, and not everything's going to be perfect, but we can achieve things when we want to. We want to make sure that we limit time to people who are going to make us think in a negative way and increase time with those positive. And the third, I, I didn't actually think it would be po possible, but with the pandemic, we were actually more scheduled than we used to. So it's important to leave some space in your in your day so that you can actually think and figure out how you're moving your business forward. And so after you observe kind of where you're sitting, and if you decide you want to make some switches in your mindset, those three activities can help you move along. And it's not like flipping a switch. It's not going to happen overnight, but yep. dedicated practice every day and a few minutes on it is going to help you change the way that you think. Yeah, those are all those are great points. I think uh, you know a lot of people have that scarcity mindset, like you said, and they think mm -hmm. you know all the success is is that you have takes from me, and that you know there's just limited resources. Well, abundant people think of you know success and wealth and money as like the ocean, where it's you know there, there's so much out there, right? And that you know the more there's a saying that like the more you ask for, the more you get. Right. And that if you go in and, you know, you want to go into the ocean and with a, with a teaspoon, you pull out a teaspoon of water, that's all you get. And other people go in with a five gallon bucket or, you know, a whole, a whole dump truck full of, full of water. Um, so it's like you, you ask for it. And the more you ask for it, the more you get. And Nick, the average and you actually five have to ask. And, and so a lot of people, like, they don't close as many sales because they don't ask for the sale or they don't yep. actually make offers to people. So you can only, only get business uh, when, you, when you're asking and you're putting yourself out yeah. there. In our in our business too, we're in automotive repair, and they that's sometimes you know a, a big factor where the people were really nice. We communicate it, like you hear this on the phone calls that sometimes get recorded, but then they don't like actually ask for the sale. Like the customer ends up, well, like, well, how much is going to cost, or can you do it today? Or like they're asking the questions versus us yeah. saying, hey, we can get it all done today. It's going to cost this. We can, you know, finance it. We can make it affordable. Um, yeah, asking for the sale is a huge, huge like level one hundred and one of sales that tons of people <laughs> miss out on, and it's it's funny. Um, and the the average of the five people that that's huge. Um, I think a lot yeah. of that is you might need to get outside of like your neighborhood or your yes. existing um, people. And for me, I joined. I'm part of GoBundance, which is this like group of um, of entrepreneurs, and you know it's it's all people all over the the, the country and, and some you know other countries. But um, you know, surrounded by uh, you know high net worth people who think, you know, how do I build wealth? How do I build more income? You know, the the possibilities are limitless, and so that by being around that, you start to you start to feel that. And I think sometimes yeah, and those if, and those people really want to help each other. Like you want to lift each other up. Yep. And so I find that people are very generous with their knowledge and their time. And who can I make an introduction to? How can I help you? Um, so it's it's win win for everybody. So how do you think someone goes about finding that? that tribe, like that group of people that's going to lift them up? 
Um, first, it's getting clear on you. Where where are you and, and what are you thinking like and what do you want to think like? Um, sometimes it's easier by limiting time, firstly, to the people you don't want to have as much exposure to. And so sometimes that's friends and family because uh, they may be very well-intentioned, but they may not see your, your dreams the same way that you do. They may be worried about um, your financial future if you fail or something like that. And so well-intentioned people can be quite negative uh, who are in your inner circle. Um, start by reaching out to somebody you know that you admire. Uh, most people are are very um, quick to write back, even if it's just a DM on a social platform. Um, start with maybe somebody you know personally, ask them for introductions to other people that they know, um, look for groups. And, and sometimes you have to try out a couple groups. Um, the group you mentioned sounds really amazing, but it probably wasn't the first group you ever went to. And so I know I've tried out lots of groups and, and kind of gravitated to stick with some and, and left others over the years. And sometimes it's it's trial and error. Yep. Yep, and you want the the similar interests, similar alignments, you know, all yeah. moving in the same direction. And you know, it's, I think it's a funny thing today, even with with COVID now, even more. It's like it's it's more these small groups of you know maybe polarized people, but like small groups of of online communities that are really growing. And it's not just mm-hmm. um, I don't know, especially with the virtual and Zoom. I mean, there's so much more yeah, that can be thing. accomplished um, than than even a couple of years ago, where you know it felt like it had to be in person. Now, like doing Zoom calls is totally cool. Even if you've never met the people before, you can establish relationships and get that same level of like accountability. Absolutely. And I mean, the, now the world is your networking opportunity. And, and so um, committing time to building quality relationships, it's not about the quantity. It's more about the quality and, and who you're developing that, that strong rapport with. Awesome. So let's talk about um, growing wealth. So, you know, you grow your business for you, you know, it's through coaching, you're helping other people, you know, grow their business. And then obviously you're making money. What, what do you, how do you view kind of wealth? What do you do once you make your money? How are you looking to grow your wealth, create passive income, um, assets you're investing in strategy? Let's get into some of that stuff. Absolutely. So um, still in a building phase, I would call it. Um, we're growing out team, growing out systems and processes. Because yep. every time you you start doing more, you've got to do it a little bit more efficiently. Uh, so I'd say probably in the last year and a half, done a lot more investment in terms of uh, website, CRM, all that kind of stuff, um, starting to figure out ads and how that's all working. So it's been a lot of investment into the business. Um, given where I started and I came out of banking as an executive, I had owned real estate, I had built up um, some net worth and so had resources to be able to, to put into the business, which is great. Um, down the road, um, certainly have plans to um, got two books in, in the works that uh, one for young adults and one for business owners, um, which will generate um, some more of that passive income, but also be kind of a, a tool to, to attract new clients. I do lots of speaking uh, as well. So looking to do more of that kind of on a paid capacity and um, just to grow the the group component of coaching mm. um, so that I can reach more people with um, the limited time that there is. So Okay. That's yeah, that's great. Investing in your business is by far, you know, at least normally the, the best investment mm-hmm. you can make. I mean, in ours, we've gotten, you know, multiple hundreds, multiple times back our money by investing in our business, growing expansion, hiring the right people. So um, if you want to grow wealth quickly, it's th- through business is the best way. And then once you reach just a com- certain capacity, right, then you can kind of look into some more of the, the, the passive activities. 
Yeah. The other thing I would would say for everybody listening is you got to make sure that at some point you are taking funds out, you are securing plans for your retirement, um, not just the sale of business, hopefully, um, but that you are actually saving as you go along and that you're making sure you secure enough funds to to satisfy your personal lifestyle as well. Because it's not just all about the the hustle and the journey. You got to make sure you're having fun as you go along and, and that you are saving for all those personal priorities that you have. Yep. What are some of the things that you cover in your Young Money uh, podcast? Oh, the, the most asked question I get, I have to say, is all about investing. We get a lot of questions about cryptocurrencies, lots about NFTs now, the non-fungible tokens. Um, but it's for me, it's all around what are the things that I think people need to know. And I can make anything tie into money. So I just did a um, Super Bowl episode uh, with the lessons we could learn from the hip-hop artists in the halftime. And so if there's a way to tie it into something that's going on really relevant that people can take lessons from, I think that's important to be able to look around and see people that they know and then how can they actually learn from them. And it's not always about this sophisticated uh, technique or strategy. Sometimes it's about looking at your paycheck, how much is going for deductions and how much are you actually saving? Have you left some money at the, at the table um, at your employer because you didn't participate in all of the programs where you could be getting free money from them? And so uh, we cover a range of topics. If anybody has ideas, send me a DM. Uh, certainly always looking for new show ideas. We've been going strong for over four years. Uh, we just hit episode, I think we're up to close to 240. Okay. Um, so lots of good content. And um, also um, to be on the lookout in, in Canada, we've got in March uh, Fraud Prevention Month. And so I just did an episode as well, which will air upcoming um, around the Tinder swindler okay. and the romance yep. scam. And so <laughs> it's not all about just how do we make money? It's about how do we make our money work for us and how do we also protect ourselves and our money financially? That's awesome. What, what were some of the uh, learnings from the Super Bowl performers? Um, so you don't need to be perfect to, to be successful um, because certainly when you look at all of those five hip-hop artists, they have very checkered past, many of them. Yep. Uh, lots of things that have gone not quite well for them. Um, lots of drug, um, substance abuse issues. But look where they were. They were on the Super Bowl. They all have um, net worths in excess of $20 million. Um, also not to let your your beginnings in life to really dictate where you go um, because everybody has that potential like we were talking about earlier to be able to go on and accomplish whatever it is you want you got to get with the right people you've got to work hard uh, and all of that kind of stuff and the third one um, is really to have those multiple streams of income it's okay. very key so a lot of them they've got the the music where they're the artists a lot do production um, they've got a lot of sponsorships or endorsement deals. Some do acting. So when they pool all their sources together, they've got a, an empire of sources of money coming in, um, which makes things a lot more stable. And, and so if we can apply that principle in our own lives, um, even if it's having our salary, if we're working, if we can have some investments, maybe we get into real estate as well as, a, as an investment, we can certainly um, bring a lot more stability to our lives and our, our ability to hit our goals. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and you know it's a great quote that like you know everyone starts somewhere. So no matter where you're at today, you know every successful person was at at almost that exact same place somewhere in their life. And it's about the like you said the choices they make, and it's and a lot of it's the mindset of believing. Mm -hmm. You know why not me? Like why can't I be the one on the stage? And if you believe in yourself, you can, you can do it. But you gotta you gotta believe. Otherwise, yeah, you're right. You're gonna you know end up wherever you think you're gonna end up. So. 
that's that's great stuff. What about um, you know, the goal of of being an entrepreneur is creating freedom and freedom to then live the life that you want, like a lifestyle by design. What are what are some of the ways you've you know put that into place, set up systems, processes to create you know a lifestyle that that you love to live? Um, so one of the things is being able to work where I want. Um, so I don't do too much in person anymore, and certainly COVID has helped bring that into into play because yep. uh, I'm based in Toronto, Ontario and Canada, and I could reasonably spend a lot, large part of my day driving around in a lot of traffic and construction to get from meeting to meeting to meeting. And so just being able to do more virtually has a, taken a lot of stress out of my day. It allows me to actually spend more time with my dog walking um, because I don't need to be commuting. So now in between meetings, I can get outside for half an hour or an hour, a um, couple of times a day. And that, that's been really great. Um, bringing on more team has helped. Um, I used to spend hours programming stuff on social media. So being mm. able to to set that up in a way that's repeatable, consistent, the messaging stays the same. Um, that's been a huge um, source of, of free time for me. Um, and then trying... To, I'm still uh, figuring out how to balance though, not filling that time in with other activities. So... Um, and then uh, as I look to leverage the group program a little bit more than the one-on-one, that will, will free up more time. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. So, I mean, you've, you've told us about all, all the successes you've had. What, what, in terms of failure, what's one challenge that you faced in your life that you, you know, had to overcome to, to get where you're at today? Oh, certainly um, having my job eliminated because I was an executive at, at TD. And so um, they were eliminating people at a certain level. So I thought there was a, a high percentage chance that would be me, but I wasn't planning on leaving at that time. I wasn't planning on starting my own business. And so just um, getting clear on what it is I wanted to do going forward. I still had tons of years to work. Um, so I think subconsciously, I didn't create my resume. So when people would ask me uh, to send the resume because they had a job, I, I would say I didn't have it ready. And, and so I, I took the time to figure out what is it that I wanted mm. and what could I try to build. And so having enough... Um, number one, faith in myself to do that. But number two, because of my financial knowledge, I was able to see, well, how long is my severance going to last me? How long yep. do I have to to see what it is that I want to do? And then I really um, did some investigation into the kinds of things I wanted to do. But the, the one thing I got on right away was networking and talking to all kinds of different people to get different perspectives and find out what was working for them, what wasn't. And so combination of faith, my knowledge, my skills, and then and really reaching out. Because um, sometimes it's hard when you're in a vulnerable spot to do those reach outs. You just want to kind of curl up and stay home, but it, it's all definitely worth it. Um, another one that, that I would uh, just to throw out there has happened in my business is I talked about the podcast and I had been referred to the producer of my podcast um, by someone I knew. And we had decided to part ways and we were moving to a different producer unbeknownst to me, they had set my show up on iTunes and Apple and they deleted it. And so mm. all of a sudden my show was no longer on Apple. Oh, wow. And so that was quite a, quite a scare. And it took about six, eight weeks to get it back on there. Luckily Apple took um, pity on me and they restored it with all the ratings and the downloads and all that kind of stuff. But uh, definitely the lesson there is to certainly um, when you're doing things and you're a business owner, make sure everything is set up in your name. You have the controls to mm. all of the accounts you could possibly need. And even just ask that question, even when you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know anything about podcasts when I started. So yep. um, that was definitely a, 
a scary thing. Yeah, that is scary. Having backups, right? And yeah, you know, I had my backups, but I I lost my uh, my the place rate. on the on, uh, yeah on the Apple. rankings and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. How long ago did you um you know leave TD and start start your business? Twenty fifteen. Okay. Yeah, I, I left okay. in the fall, and then I started my business in February or March twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's great, and like you know taking that taking that risk, right. Of, of mm-hmm. go have this, you know, executive level job, probably pretty secure to go out on your yep. own where well you know, paid. <laughs> your income is like a hundred percent dictated by your ability to get people to, you know, know, like, and trust you and get them on board. And, um, you know, what, what, what was like the big domino that, that had to fall to convince you that that was the best choice at that point in your life? I think I was talking to so many people and, um, them encouraging me. Like when I would share my ideas, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to do that. Um, that the the positivity was there, and it was from people I trusted, um, not people who didn't know me. So people who actually knew my skill sets and what I was capable mm. of, and and they knew how I worked. Um, so I I thought I could do it, but that just kind of gave me the push over the edge. And then as well, knowing how uh, how much runway would I have with my cash flow okay. um, based on my severance yeah. and. Um, then what I did is I kind of added cash flow coming in kind of in stages. I started teaching a few courses at a university. I started doing a little bit of contract work. Um, I was able mm-hmm. to get onto a consulting roster. So I work with um, in Canada, the Business Development Bank, which is the bank for entrepreneurs. So I've been working with them steady since 2016. Um, and so that's one of my, my referral sources. But it was adding all those things. And every time I added a new win, it just gave me more confidence to keep going and knowing that I was in the right path. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, these are all good reasons of why people need, you know, mentors and coaches in their mm-hmm. lives is is for those there's words of encouragement for those times of like hardship to sometimes get you out of the dumps and help you get recentered on like who you truly are as a person and not um, you know, not focus on the negative, which is sometimes if you're the one in the negative, it's hard to get out of it. You kind of need that person or that that team or that group to to help you with that. So yeah, on that theme, I mean, a um, couple other things that were really key. I started working with a coach, and so there was a coaching community, and that was very clear to because um, everybody's smart, everyone can figure things out, but they showed you the how to, so you could just go and execute, which saved a lot of time because I would have been spinning my wheels a lot longer. I would have got there, it just would have taken a lot longer. And then finding new friends and new community because all of my friends had jobs. And so finding other people to say, okay, what the heck? How do you do this? Um, how do you keep going? And so people to to cheer you on, people to give you a kick in the butt when you need to keep going and and just a different group of people. So um, that both of those things are really important too in the, in the success. Okay. Did you have a specific... You mentioned you had a coach. Was there anything specific mm-hmm. you learned you know, from that person that kind of still sticks with you today? Um, make and ask every day. Like we were talking about making the sale. Like okay. in, in some way, shape or form, you've got to put yourself out there every day. And so maybe it's a social post, maybe it's a phone call, um, whatever it's going to be. But you, you got to make money and your eye always has to be on the revenue. Okay. That's great. So what? So what's what's next for you? What's the next leg of of this? You mentioned, um, you know, some books you're working on, and mm-hmm. and maybe talk about that a little bit. What what? Absolutely. So uh, got probably three quarters done. Is a young money planner for our young money listeners for the podcast. Really goes through month by month with um, tip sheet and a tool for things that people should be thinking of during that month of the year. Because um, I find that there's 
um, the school system, certainly in Canada, and I, I know it's it's not that much better uh, in other geographies, does a really poor job at teaching personal finance. So to have something really tangible and hands-on that people can work on. And then a little bit later on, will be a cash flow book for entrepreneurs with um, stories and, and case studies. So people can see their companies in there and themselves and, and, and really digest it in an easy to, to read way. Okay. Any any business books that you're you're reading now or you've recommended that have a big impact on you? Um, two that uh, come to mind. Uh, so Atomic Habits, um, James Clear. And uh, I can't think of the author on the second one, but The One Thing. And so being uh, clear on your yeah, one Keller. thing. Yeah. And, and so that you can advance that as opposed to being uh, all in on 20 things and not accomplishing any. <laughs> so that that's hard as an entrepreneur to stay focused on the the activity that's most needed at the time. Yep. Yep. We entrepreneurs, we have shiny object syndrome, right? And we, we look all over the place and everything sounds like a great idea, but then all that, you know, gets us off course of what the focus is and our core money-making, you know, strategies. So yeah, that's great stuff. Good, good two, two awesome books uh, for sure. Where can listeners connect and learn more about you, your, your podcast and, and all the things you have to offer? Absolutely. So LinkedIn is the best place to reach me. Um, so Tracy has an E and Visit has two S's, two T's. Um, you'll be able to see all my social links there and my website and uh, find everything about me. Awesome. Great. great. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and sharing all your kind of knowledge and wisdom. You know, you've added a ton of value. So, so thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. It's been my pleasure. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode of Business with Beers. My goal with every episode is to help inspire you to reach new levels of success in your own business and life. So start taking action today. And in order to help this podcast reach more people, please rate, review, and share. To connect with me on Instagram and Twitter, check out the links in the show notes. And until next time, have a great day. 